What inspires you? What inspires you? What is it that, that drives, that, that, that draws inspiration, that you draw inspiration from? Maybe for you, you love nature. And so for some of you, it's a place. And so we have uh, some beautiful mountains, some beautiful trails around here. Maybe you love hiking to one, one of these uh, scenic vistas. And you walk up to the top and you look out into the valley and you just see the beauty of God's creation. Maybe for you, it's, it's, not, a, it's not a place. Maybe it's music. And you hear a piece, you hear, uh, no matter what the genre, name the genre, any genre, all of a sudden you hear this music and all of a sudden it begins to evoke emotion in you. Maybe it's a, a sad song and so tears begin to, to well up in your eyes. Maybe it's a, a song of, there's a, there's a great passion and you, you, like your skin begins to tingle and you begin to have that, 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 that emotion kind of well up inside of you. And may, maybe it's a happy song. And it's one of those songs where you're having the worst day ever. And you know, if you play that song, that's your happy song. All of a sudden your day and your perspective changes because there's power in music. What do we draw inspiration? from maybe it's an event maybe it's an event after pearl harbor many young men and women uh, gave themselves they they were inspired by that moment to serve their country maybe it was like 9-11 seeing the twin towers fall and the and, and the one plane uh, crash into the pentagon the other plane in in pennsylvania a number of men and women who signed up to serve their country. Maybe it's an event. Growing up in the era of the space shuttle, uh, one of the first uh, jobs, one of the first things I wanted to do was to be an astronaut. I wanted to fly the space shuttle. It's like, that's why I want to be. I, 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 I was just obsessed. I was inspired. It would be awesome to view space from space. I remember the first time we went to uh, the Air and Space Museum at Dulles, came around the corner, and there was the space shuttle Discovery. And tears literally came to my eyes. And my wife was laughing at me. It's like, seriously? I'm like, I wanted to fly that thing. I wanted to be in the cockpit. I wanted to, to, to take it up and to bring it back down. It had been awesome. There are many things that inspire us to action. I remember as a child watching the movie Hoosiers. Uh, I don't know if you remember the story, but uh, uh, Gene Hackman plays uh, Coach Norman Dale, and and, and he leads uh, the small. Uh, he coaches a, a high school basketball team in a small town of fictional Hickory, Indiana, and he leads them to the state championship to win the state championship. And you're like, that's that's the big thing. You know, teams win state championships all the time, every year. What you don't remember is that back then, Indiana only had a single class basketball championship. So every school from the largest school in the state to the smallest school in the state played in the same tournament. And so they made their way through the tournament. They made their way all the way to the end. And one of the biggest schools in Indianapolis is facing Hickory High School for the championship. At the end of the game, they ran the picket fence. Don't get caught watching the paint dry and... Jimmy Chitwood hits the shot. They win the championship. Everything goes crazy. Whenever I watch that movie, I'm going to get my basketball, go pound it on the driveway. I want to work on my game. I want to work on my shot because I wanted to be the one to, to make the shot to win the state championship game. What I didn't realize was that I was going to end up growing up to be Rudy, and I was going to be the guy who sat on the end of the bench for his 
college basketball team and, and be the one at the end of the game. They, but we want Mike, we want Mike. And so uh, some games I got in, some games I didn't, but I was done. I was there every game. I wanted to play. What inspires you? Maybe when you hear a piece of music, you want to pick up your instrument and practice. Maybe you go and you see a piece of art and it makes you want to draw or sketch or paint or, or sculpt or do something with your hands. Maybe you watch a, a, one of those DIY shows and all of a sudden you want to create something out of wood or, or, or do something with your house or something in your yard to make your space more beautiful. What is it that draws, yet causes inspiration in you? Because see, inspiration often leads us to action. Inspiration leads us to action. So when, when was the last time you were inspired by God? When was the last time that, that something uh, from, from Scripture, something, something you saw in nature, inspired you to love God more than evoked emotion in you that came out that you wanted to, to seek God more, to, to love God more, to, to, to worship Him more? When was the last time you were inspired by God? When was the last time you found yourself truly in awe of God? Maybe it's through, through the words of a worship song. Either a song we've sung here at church, maybe a song you heard on the radio. There's a song that you heard and, you're like, and all of a sudden you're just, you just had to stop. <clears throat> you just had to stop and reflect on the greatness of God. Maybe it's reading through scripture, maybe it's reading a devotional book, and there's something that day, some of the way the, the author uh, had, had written those words, maybe there's certain words of scripture that hit you at just the right time, at just the right place, in just the right moment, that all of a sudden it just took your breath away and you saw God again for the first time. You saw God in a new and more vibrant Way. Maybe it was some, some, something that someone had, maybe you were in a class, maybe you heard someone teach or someone preach, and just the way they spoke and something that they said just painted a new picture of God for you. You saw him in this new and vibrant way. See, moments of inspiration, moments of awe often lead us to moments of worship. And while mountaintop experiences are not necessary to worship, oftentimes worship happens on the mountaintop, right? We get up there and we all of a sudden, we have a clear view of God. We no longer have the forest blocking our view. All of a sudden, we see him for who he is. And while it's not necessary to be on the mountain, oftentimes up there, we give a clear view of who God is. But often those moments of inspiration are preceded by moments of strain, of effort, of suffering. Because <clears throat> see, not all moments... Not all worship occurs in moments of joy. Sometimes out of those moments of hurt, we are surprised by worship. I think that's what we see in our text today. If you would, turn with me uh, in your Bibles. If, if you don't have a Bible, there's a Bible right there in front of you. We're going to be in Acts chapter 4 today. We're going through uh, the book of Acts, and we're, we're, going to see, we're, <clears throat> we're seeing eight characteristics that make up vibrant, healthy, growing churches. And so today we're going to look at worship and what uh, kind of worship the early church had that inspired them to love and to serve God more. So we see this out of uh, the, the events of Acts chapters 3 and 4. Kind of one event that's 
put together into, into two chapters. And where we were at last week was at the beginning of chapter three when Peter and John were going to the temple to pray. And as they go into the temple to pray, they see a lame man and they heal this lame man who is probably about my age, somewhere in his 40s. And he had never walked his entire life. And all of a sudden he begins to walk and people recognize him as the lame man that they just passed. Maybe the lame man they just gave a few coins to. And like, he's walking now? How is this man walking now? And so this huge crowd gathers and Peter preaches the gospel to him and says, hey, you guys put Jesus to death. That was God's plan. It was his plan from the very beginning. That's what was supposed to happen. It was God's idea for this to happen. But God didn't leave him dead. He raised him from the dead so that we can have forgiveness and so that we can, we can no longer have to live in ignorance, but we can love and serve and follow him and receive the grace and repentance that he's poured out for us. Well, the religious leaders didn't like this so much. And so they went out there and they arrested him and they put them in jail and it was late. So they said, hey, we'll take care of this tomorrow. So they bring them back the next day. They bring him up and they say, hey, what happened? And they said, well, this is what happened. You know, uh, we were coming in, there's a lame man. We didn't have any money to give him. So we decided we'd just heal him. And, and we raised, we, we, we lifted him because Jesus gave us this power. And, 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 if, and if you just need to know that, that salvation is only available through him. And so you guys rejected him. You guys put him to death on the cross, but God is using him to bring salvation to everybody. And they said, well, don't say that anymore. They, gave, you know, they brought him to the court, essentially let them go with a warning, shook their finger at him and said, don't say this stuff anymore. And so they went back. They got let go. They went back to their people. And that's where we pick up today, Acts chapter 4. Verse 23 says this, on the release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them, hey, don't be saying that anymore. Don't be putting his his blood on our hands. No, 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 no. They heard this. They raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the the mouth of your servant, our father, David. Why do the nations rage? And why do the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant, Jesus, <clears throat> whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness and stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And after they prayed, the place where they're meeting, where they were meeting, was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Can you imagine being in that room? See, what's the first thing you think of when something goes wrong? What's the first thing you think of when something goes wrong? Sometimes uh, it, it, it differs based on uh, what gender we are. So we're going to have a hypothetical boy and a hypothetical girl. Uh, they decide to get up on the roof of their house and jump off the roof. Both of them break their leg. Odds are the girl is going to look at that and go, man, that was a stupid decision. I'm never jumping off the roof of the house again. The boy will often look at it and go, that probably wasn't the best idea. I must have done something wrong. 
I'm going to try it this other way next time. That's hypothetical because I know that's painting with a broad brush because there are some girls who are risk takers who'd be like, man, I must have messed up. I'm going to try it this other way. And this other boy who's like, man, I am never jumping off the house ever, right? But usually you get young boys and young boys are like, man, that, that, was, that, that, that didn't work out. You know, I got hurt. I must have done something wrong. We're going to try this other way. And so that's what the disciples could have done. They went and they preached. They got put in, put in jail. They came to trial. They said, don't do this anymore. And they could have looked at it and said, you know what? We did something wrong. We're never going to do that ever again. We're not going to heal lame men. We're not, you know, if, if people gather around and want to know how we heal this lame man, we're certainly not going to tell them about Jesus. They could have done that. They could have said, hey, hey, um, it, it didn't work out the way we wanted, but, but uh, maybe we just need to try a different way. Instead, they found a third way. They found a third way. They, 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 they were let off with this warning, and, and, but, but they decided that, hey, you know, we, we, we still need to do this. And so what was their response? Well, they went back to their people. They went back to the church. They went back to their friends. They went back to the, hey, this is just what happened to us. Like, where were you guys at? Why, why, why didn't you, why weren't you at dinner last night? We're, we're, we, we couldn't find you anywhere. Like, well, we healed the lame man. We preached. They put us in jail. And then we, they brought us in for trial and, and they let us go. They told us that we can't preach about Jesus anymore. And like, that's not going to happen. Jesus told us to keep telling everybody about him. So we, we, can't, we can't not tell people. They said, what what, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Because see, oftentimes when we are faced with an obstacle, we see that as a no, right? But we're going to keep going. And once there's an obstacle, like, well, God obviously doesn't want me to do that anymore. But what if, what if the obstacle is the way? What if the obstacle is the way that we're supposed to go? Because by, by confronting that obstacle, it's no longer about us. It's no longer about how good we are. It's no longer about how great we are. It's no longer about, about, about my abilities, but it's like, we're going to go through that obstacle because it's God getting us through that. When I was growing up, I, uh, I, I stuttered. And there's a lot of times in conversation, I will still stutter my way through. If I get too excited, too happy about something, I, 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 I just can't, my, my brain is going a, a million, my mouth cannot keep up. And so it's just that, 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 that. My brother one time realized, he's like, Mike, you may stutter your way through a conversation. But when you preach, I hardly ever hear you stutter. It's not me. That's whatever God does to slow my brain down enough, to slow my mouth down enough, so that the words come out right. See, sometimes the obstacle isn't a no. An obstacle is there before us because that's where God wants to meet us to overcome that so that he can be made great. They said, hey, you cannot preach about Jesus anymore in this city. And they go, well, that's an obstacle. But that's not an obstacle we can, we're going to avoid. God's still going to have to somehow get through that. So what was their option? They, they, they could have quit. Because see, sometimes we quit way too early. When things are confronted with, sometimes we quit way too soon. And so their response <coughs> was prayer. Their response was prayer. So this, and they, they, they all joined together. Now, some people could be at little in the oh, they were all reciting the exact same prayer at the exact same time. Have you ever been to one of those churches when, when the church prays, everybody prays out loud at the, at the same time? You just have like all these voices praying out loud. 
Uh, It's equal parts confusing and powerful at the same time. Hear hear everybody raising their prayers vocally at the same time. And and we don't have to think that they're praying at the same time. We don't have to think that they're praying the exact same words, but they were definitely in agreement about these things. It says, Sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything. The first thing that they, they do is they recognize God for who he is. You are sovereign. You are all powerful. You are great. You are grand. You are, this is not above you. This obstacle in our way is not too great for you. You've made the world and everything in them. And they knew what it was going to take to get through this obstacle. They knew that their, the answer to their problem was not to change and not to go away, but they were going to need greater boldness. So they recognized God for who he is. And all of this language is, is steeped in, in, in the Jewish scriptures. The language of their religious upbringing, the language of their childhood, that this is the proper way for them to address God in prayer. And the, best, the, the, the part of the central part of our worship is to recognize God for who he is. Sometimes we get so comfortable with God that we bring him close because we know, we know, he knows the hairs on our head. He knows our name. He knows who we are. He knows. And, and so sometimes we get so comfortable with God being personal that we forget that he's infinite, that he's grand. So some of we, we get him so close. We, you know, we have this personal relationship. But we forget sometimes that he is the all-powerful. That word sovereign means, uh, the sovereign Lord means he is, he is a ruler with infinite, absolute power. So they recognize God for who he is. Even goes back to, it kind of points back even to what Peter said during his sermon there in the temple that got him arrested. He said, repent and, and turn to God. So your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord, that he may send Jesus who has been appointed. The Messiah has been appointed, even Jesus. He, he would send this one. He, that, that, that he would call it. That, that he is the one. He, he is the one that was chosen. He's the one that was selected. He's the one sent by God for us. So when they prayed, they recognized God for who he is. He is our Savior. He is our Lord. He is the one who's over everything. But he also, they also recognize God for, for what he did. Like it, was, it was your plan. <clears throat> it was your plan to use Herod and, and, and Pilate to conspire together with the people to put Jesus on the cross. It didn't make any sense to us. It wasn't what we wanted, but it was your plan. You, you decided beforehand that that was what was going to happen. That was what you were going to do. That was how you were going to, to, to bring all this about. So before, before you, even before you spoke through David and prophesied about these moments, you knew when the nations were going to rise up against you. You knew when people were going to push back against your plan and your will. And you knew even before Jesus was born exactly what was going to happen to him. You'd already planned and orchestrated all of history to bring us to this moment. Nothing happens without God's knowing it. So they open the prayer that God is a sovereign ruler. God is in control of all things. They recognize that it was God's plan. 
to bring them to this moment. So recognizing who God is and recognizing what God has done, it brings them to their request. You, you're great. You're not confused by this, but we're not in this moment. And so in this moment, consider their threats. Consider their threats. Because if you think about it, the, the religious leaders, they could, they could do all sorts of things to them. They could put them in jail again. They could arrest them. They could uh, 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 assault them. They could, they could uh, possibly even have them killed just as Jesus was executed. All sorts of, they, they had a lot of control that could, could, could make their life difficult. And so they had a choice to make. Are we going to obey God? Are we going to obey man? So they say, God, consider their threats. We still have to live through this. This is an obstacle in front of us. But, but instead of taking the obstacle all the way, enable your spirits, your, your servants, to speak with boldness. When was the last time you prayed for boldness? When was the last time you said, this obstacle in my way, give me the power to get through it. Give me the power to get over it. Give me the power to, to, to that, 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 that follow through me. You're going to be made great, and this obstacle is not even going to be an obstacle. You're going to reach out your hand through me, and people are going to see your goodness, your greatness, your power, your worth, because of what you're doing in my life. Consider the threats. Enable us to speak with great boldness and work through us. See, this is significant because oftentimes we, instead of asking God for his power and his blessing in our life, we try to get our will done in heaven. Instead of getting God's will done here on earth, we try to get our will done in heaven. God, bless this plan of mine. I've got this great idea. Do this. Instead of saying, God, what do you want to do through me? Warren Wearsby. Actually, I don't have that quote up there, um, uh, uh, said, said something about um, they, they, would all, they, they didn't pray that their circumstances would change. See, a lot of times that's what happens in life, right? A lot of times when we get in a bad situation, we're like, God, uh, just take this away. Right? right God, God, just like erase this. We want you to just like, uh, can we just hit reset and change all these parts and all these parts that are bad? I want these bad parts out and let's, let's, let's like bring good parts in. Right? I want, I want peace. I want happiness. I want love. I want, and, and a lot of times we take away all, we want to take away all the hurt. But if you notice, they did not pray for their, their circumstances to change. They didn't pray for their enemies to be put out of office, they didn't pray for any of the obstacles to be removed. See, too often when we see an obstacle, we see a no. Sometimes the obstacle is just in the way so that God can do his work and his will through us so that he gets the glory and we just get the blessing of being used by God. See, they did not pray for their situation to change. They said, help us make the best of the situation and accomplish what you've already determined that you want to do. Don't change the situation. It help us make the best of the situation so that you can be glorified. And they did this by recognizing God's sovereignty. You already know what's going on. You have the power. Use this as an opportunity to glorify yourself. They didn't dismiss man's responsibility. They didn't say that we don't have a responsibility. 
And we just get to sit back and say, hey, God, do you, you know, it's like, we're just sitting on the couch playing with the remote going, God's going to show up and do something. I'm just going to be here to watch it. No, like, God, you're going you're gonna to do something, but, but we're going to be the vehicle. We're going to be the vessel to which that thing you're going to do is going to get done. So it's God's power, man's responsibility. It's going to cost, they knew it was going to cost them something. It could cost them their life. It could cost them their freedom. But they knew that they had to speak out no matter the cost. So they prayed for boldness. Phillips Brooks said this, do not pray for easy lives. Pray to be stronger men and women. Do not pray for tasks equal to your powers, but pray for powers equal to your tasks. See, so so often we miss out on the blessing of God because we pray for easier lives. When really God wants to strengthen us, he wants us to grow. He wants us to mature in our faith, to grow up in our faith so that he can accomplish more through us. We don't want want to... just here, but pray for powers equal to our time. God can be glorified through us. And so they prayed. And they prayed that God would work powerfully through them to do great things through them. And as they prayed, the whole place where they were at was shaken. So when was the last time your prayers caused an earthquake? When was the last time your worship shook the house? When was the last time that your worship, that your study, that your, uh, in that moment, God shook something physically? And some people are going to say, well, it was just an earthquake. We don't know if it was an, an earthquake that happened in that whole region, maybe an earthquake that happened in that place. It was just that house. We don't know. But God moved in such a way that the people felt God's presence and the house shook. See, worship is where we connect the presence of God. This doesn't just happen in this place when we're singing. Worship doesn't just have to happen in this place at a specific time, at a specific day of the week. Worship doesn't have to happen at any point when we're together as a group. Worship can happen anywhere. We can connect to the presence of God through living the life of Jesus. Living, living a life like Jesus. Which means suffering is going to be part of that. Which means prayer is going to be part of that. Scripture is going to be a part of that. Obedience is going to be a part of that. And when we are faithful to obey, we will likely face opposition. We will likely face obstacles in our path. But these, this opposition shouldn't be a deterrence to us. That opposition ought to lead us back to prayer, which ought to then lead us to further obedience. Only in obedience will we see God work with great power in our lives. Augustine said this, pray as though everything depends on God and work as though everything depends on you. Pray as though everything depends on God. God, if you don't show up, this isn't going to get done. But then work, give your best, give everything you have just in case God doesn't show up. But we know God shows up, right? So if we give our best and God gives his best, can you imagine the great things that will happen? But if God gives his best and we only go half-heartedly, there's something missing. So we got to pray as everything depends on God. 
but then work as though everything depends on us. And in that moment, we'll see that worship fuels our work. Our connection with God will fuel our work. And the closer we are to God, the more moments like that we have, not, not, not that the house has to shake every time, but those moments that, that, that begin to make our skin tingle, that the times when we meet with God in big moments or small ways, and he begins to work in us, all of a sudden the spiritual power begin to fuel unbridled worship, even in the face of opposition. But too often we quit too early. When things get hard, we bail, we quit, we throw in the towel. What we needed to do is to return to the source of our strength. We need to return to worship. Without him, we can do nothing. See, God is not glorified through the work of human hands. God is not glorified through the work of human hands. But God is glorified when through folded hands in prayer, your hands lifted in worship. When our hands, when we allow our hands to become his hands, to serve those around us, there God is glorified. And those hands are empowered to do his work. And as they approached God for boldness, God responded with not just an earthquake, with not just the ability to do signs and wonders, but God filled them with the Holy Spirit to accomplish the tasks he had already planned in advance for them to do. All in the name of Jesus. So when we see miracles, we see signs, and we see wonders throughout the book of Acts, it's all in service to the word of God. It's not so that Peter looked great, or John looked great, or Paul looked great. It was all so that people would, would be drawn in, and then they could share with them about Jesus. So the great things God wants to do through us are not to make us look great, but to give us an opportunity to tell them about Jesus. Tell them about Jesus. To give us another reason to worship God. God used me. God used someone like me to do that thing. And did you see how it changed their life? But it wasn't me. I, I know what I'm able to do. But God worked through me. We come back and we give it back to God. Glory to God. Praise to God. The highest purpose of our answered prayer is that God would be glorified. The things that we approach him with. He might use us to accomplish his will. So how do we respond? We look at a text like this and we go, man, I've never been in a place where the prayer service turned into an earthquake. Maybe you've not even lived in a place where you've experienced an earthquake. What would that feel like? If you've never been in an earthquake, it's a semi-terrifying thing. How do we... How do we respond? What, 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 what's, a, what's a steps that we could take from this text today? And one is one's worship. One is to, to, to gather uh, with God's people. And so maybe regular worship, maybe regular worship attendance either, either here uh, with us or with, with, with a body close to your home, wherever you might be at. Uh, regular worship is, is important. And, and we believe that worship in person is better. We're thankful for technology that allows us to, 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 to stream and to broadcast and to meet people wherever they are at. 
We think being in person with people to be encouraged by one another is, is better. So if regular worship isn't part of your uh, regular team, maybe that's the step that you may need to take today is, hey, I want to commit to regularly meeting with the church and worship, to, 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 to put myself in a position to experience God. Maybe it's to meet with him daily through prayer, daily through uh, maybe songs, daily through, through meditating on scripture and about who God is and what God has done for us. Maybe me having those personal moments that we bring our own personal worship into places of corporate worship, it will only empower and, 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 and heighten our personal worship even in the group as well. Worship also leads us to action. So maybe it's leading us to serve. Maybe like, man, I've been sitting here, I've been experiencing God, I've been soaking in God, I've been inspired by God, but I've not had an opportunity to to, to share and to serve and to, to get my hands doing something for the glory of God. So maybe, we, maybe our, we've been inspired by being in his presence and a greater service for him, that we might be empowered to do things that even are beyond what we're even comprehending. And so maybe today you're like, hey, I, I need to serve. So you check that box. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to serve either my community. I'm going to serve in the church. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to serve those around me so that others can see and experience God through me. Maybe worship brings us into God's presence. And as we stand there, we realize we are sinners in need of his grace. And maybe today you've not experienced that grace. Maybe you've not accepted him as your savior. And so we would be amiss if we didn't offer an opportunity for you to say, today, today I want to commit to Jesus being my savior and to commit to being baptized into him. So today, we would love it if you'd share your decision with us. We're going to be maybe here in the front or out in the lobby. You, just, you can come up to anyone, anyone you saw on stage today, uh, anyone, uh, either me, uh, me or uh, Mark and Jim, who are our elders. You can come up and share with us, hey, man, this is the next step I need to take today. Or maybe you're like, I, I, I don't feel comfortable walking up and talking to you guys about that. But you can let us know simply also by using the connection card. And fill out the connection card there at cchmd.com slash connect. And then there's a, there's a whole list of the next steps. You can say, that, that, that's the one that, that's what I need to make today. Maybe there's a couple of them. I need to, I need, these are the steps I need to think about con- considering taking today so I can grow in my faith. And we'll follow up with you because we want to pray with you. We want to help you take your next steps so you can grow in maturity with God and grow in your journey with Jesus. I want to pray here in a moment that our time together has helped us experience God so we might be inspired to serve him more this week. So let's pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you that you are a great God. Father, as they prayed, sovereign Lord, that you are a ruler of absolute power. You are great. You are beyond our comprehension. Father, I pray that we would not see obstacles as, as problems. But Father, those obstacles in our life, that would, they would give us opportunities for greater moments of prayer. Come to you. You would empower us to, that, that as we overcome these obstacles in our path, that we would see those opportunities for you to be made great in our life and through us. Or that you would be glorified. That through your work in us and through us, that others would be called to know you, that you would, you would come that they would come to know you as Savior, that they would come to know you as Lord, that they would have their lives changed. So, Father, they may be glorified in all 
that they do and that they say that you would be made great. That you would change our world, you would change our community because we are we become a changed people because of our times of worship, because of our times of prayer. You would give us boldness, boldness for action, boldness as we go, boldness to share with others. As you are bold in our life and through our life, would Jesus be lifted high? Would he be made great? Lord, we love you. We praise you. We thank you that you use simple people like us to get your message across. Would you empower us this week to share with others? In Jesus' name, amen. We're glad that you've taken time out of your Sunday to, to join us, to, to meet with us here. We would say in person is better. We are thankful for streaming that we can meet you there in your house as well. We hope that you have a great week. and We look forward to seeing you again next Sunday.